are still recording. <laughs> Just like add in bloopers of us trying to figure out the sound. So as we already know, we kind of messed up a little bit on the technology bit there. Um, but a little bit that we missed out because we didn't know that it stopped recording was that we actually started to touch a little bit on self-deprecating humor um, and how a both of us have actually experienced this in our own journeys. And we just are beginning to touch on how we can shift that narrative. So enjoy the rest of this beautiful conversation with Sam Fox. So both of us have found that that's been a, a pretty easy initial coping mechanism for our own insecurities. And you you've come to a point in your own healing process where you recognize that and you recognize it's bad for you and doesn't serve you well, but what can you do moving forward where you can change that? Well, I mean, I, like what you're doing, just getting it out, even in the short time that I did make a really mindful attempt to cut out saying all that. And it was mo not, not because of the adverse effect it had on me, because when I say those things, the self-deprecating humor, it's not like I'm saying it to cope. I mostly say it for a laugh, I guess, but that is a coping method. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't make me feel better in, like, a better spot yeah. or relax, you know, or anything like that. Um, I'm mostly saying it for a laugh, but it was it was the having my friend joke about suicide and hating her life and hating herself mm -hmm. and hating the way she looked, just all that mm -hmm. made me realize that, yeah, that isn't funny. Like, I don't, I don't like that. And yeah. I do it constantly. And I should be the one that picks up on that humor more than anybody, you know? Yeah. But maybe it takes someone who doesn't, who has great self-confidence to realize, oh, that's really funny. No one would hate themselves. You know, like no one would think that. So that is funny. <laughs> you know, they'd be like so ignorant to be blissful about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you feel that you are on that process of of wanting to change the verbiage and be mindful of how you're speaking towards yourself? I feel like I don't really have the opportunity to do it, to make my, to get those jokes in there very often. So mm -hmm. that's pretty helpful. Yeah. The door's not even there in the first place. Yeah. Where I am overall in that hold the whole scheme of like self you know image and all that is more so like acceptance it's kind of a shitty thing to think about but like if I'm 26 and since I was seven I've been overweight the chances of things changing are probably pretty slim so like I don't feel like I'm just gonna suddenly you know do it something is mm -hmm. just there's a dissonance between my mind and my body and my willingness to change mm -hmm. that is just not happening mm -hmm. like the biggest change i had was right after i graduated high school when i lost all that weight and i've just clung to that and that's pretty much it like my, if i if i keep where i'm at if i lift five days a week and i eat the way i do my body sits at 220 like it just knows with my activity level my job it just knows where it wants to be mm -hmm. but you know, unless I wake up early or go for runs and shit, or shit like that, I don't really see it changing. Mm -hmm. So I don't really see <clears throat> um, opportunities to make fun of myself going up, though. Mm -hmm. But if I'm given the opportunities to, I try. To, I would. I try to be mindful because <clears throat> they're a lot more impactful. You know, if you only have like one or two every month, and you take the opportunity, it's like. Yeah, I put myself down two out of two times this year. You yeah, know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's a lot, it means a lot more. Definitely. Acceptance is such a huge part of any element of the healing process, though. Because for me, I told you that, like, a lot of my physical and emotional insecurities, for me, gaining acceptance of the physical body and the essence of I I can't do anything about it 
in the essence that I was born in this specific body. And what is it that you dislike about yourself? I don't know if you ever touched on it. No, you're good. Like my physical body? Yeah, because like mine's clear that I don't like that I'm overweight. Mm. Um, or Jewish. (laughs) 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 Oh my god, Sam. That was golden. Uh, Well, I mean, a big one growing up was my height for the longest time was how tall I am. That was big because I was always taller than most people in my classes and definitely most guys in my class. Um, So for a while, it was kind of like people gestured to me being intimidating, which I hated that word because I feel like everything about me is not intimidating at all. Um, And people also using the word big to describe me because... I'm tall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then my own twisted version of that made me feel uncomfortable towards like selective areas, like specifically my stomach and my legs, like not feeling great about them and being hypercritical of the size that they were or if they were toned or not um, has been where like most of my insecurity about my physical body stemmed from looking in the mirror and being really judgmental about those specific parts of my body. Do you avert the opportunities to do that? Like, this, like, do you wear like one piece bikinis or do you, cause you mm. like, you're like, you're out at home, you wear anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, so I don't actively try to wear things that deter that or like hide them, I guess. Well, sometimes done the opposite, and that's my own negative coping mechanism, I guess you could argue, where I try to seek validation, you know, the other way. Um, And, but then I've also recognized that as well. So currently I'm in a spot where if I'm going to like dress up, I'm doing it for me and not for anyone else or to seek validation. I'm doing it because I want to feel that way. Yeah. I think that's where you want to be, though. You want oh, you want to be at that, for that sure. spot. Yeah, for sure. For that's sure. That's where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. That negative part of, like, I hate this about me, so I'm just going to do the opposite and see if anyone notices. You know, like, yeah. like do people actually think that about me? Like, mm-hmm. do people not like my stomach or my legs or whatever? Yeah. So, like, my... How, why that resonated is because... I think all that stuff about me. Mm. I'm the only one in the house that is shirtless 99 of the time. Mm. There's a much better body than I do. So is my brother. And I'm the one that walks around all the time, shirtless mm. all the time. It's like, I just want to be comfortable with it. You yes. know what I mean? But then comes a time where like, oh, we're going to go, you know, it's pool party, you know, something like that. Or mm. we're going to Mexico or something like that. And then it's like, oh, fuck. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's people there. You That's know so I mean? true. That's it so sucks. true. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh my so gosh, that's so true. But I feel like that's almost the best way to do it. It's like, that is like the epitome of facing your fears. Yeah, pushing your comfort zone. So you can also, again, going back to the term of acceptance, like coming to terms with your physical body, but also just feeling comfortable in it because it's it's what you have. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I've been trying to recognize... And this is just like from where my insecurities stem, where I I want to work out because it also helps me mentally and because oh. it helps everything else. And, I, and because it's just damn good for my body. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do it because I have to look a certain way in my twisted mind. Like, I want to do it because strictly it's good for every other part of me. Yeah, like, well, one begets the other. I mean, I tell my brother this all the time. Like, mm-hmm. It's so hard to go to the gym, especially when you get in. It's so hard. Oh, yeah. That's the hardest part. For sure. But once you start seeing the first result, mm-hmm. you're like, whoa, that tricep line. Like, it's in the tiniest, like, it's a flashlight, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Then you're like, I'm going again. I'm going again. And yeah. then it's like, well, I feel so much better. You know, and now it's like, I need to go to the gym. Yes. I feel, even on the days where I'm, like, so achy or I tore my pec because I didn't listen to my body. You know, mm-hmm. like that thing. 
I would have felt like shit if I didn't go that day. Yeah. I would have felt worse than I did tearing my muscle because it's yeah. like the that is like my mind against itself to a T for yes. sure. Yeah. It is a drug, definitely. But yeah. to someone who doesn't go, it definitely looks like you like that. You like sweating. You like working out. And it's it sucks in the beginning, but mm-hmm. the benefits are insane. Like definitely. if I didn't there is very little I would trade for the gym. Mm. Very little. Mm. <clears throat> I would trade most people. <laughs> yeah. And that is no exaggeration. Do you find that knowing your own insecurities? Do you find that you look at other people's often? Oh, for sure. That's my main issue. Oh, yeah. So Comparison's uh, the thief of joy. Absolutely. But not even compare. I mean, comparison just to see, not even to see like, is theirs better than mine, but just like, what does theirs look like? You know, like, what what are their, even if it's like a really heavy person Mm -hmm. and you know theirs are bad, Mm -hmm. their legs or their stomach, you just look at it. Yeah. You know, that's, that is my main issue because Mm -hmm. I know I'm heavier and I know that I have a lot more weight up top everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I, so when I walk around without clothes, I suppose walk around shirtless, <laughs> it desensitizes it for yeah, myself. Yeah. And then if I walk around with it shirtless anywhere else, mm. I look at other people's bodies, I look mm. at their problem areas of myself. Mm. Yeah. I look at okay, what does theirs look like compared to mine? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well there I mean, I wouldn't look at it normally if I didn't dislike it about myself. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like, yeah, otherwise why would I be staring at that on somebody? I don't yeah. give a shit. Very true. What is that? What do you think that does for you, though, by looking at that hypervisionly? It doesn't, it, literally nothing. It doesn't make me feel better or worse. It just gives me like a big internal database of what men's stomachs and chests looks like, pretty much. But <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, everyone looks weird. Everyone mm. looks weird in some way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure if everyone spoke about something, they would say that, you know, oh, I, you know, I, someone oh i hate my triceps my this is small or whatever i have mm. small delts you know mm. and then someone just probably looking at that on me and going man i wish i had that or that i mean my brother mm-hmm. says all the time i feel so scrawny and i'm he's older than me he's shorter than me and lighter than me and mm-hmm. he has no muscle but yeah he probably looks at me often probably clothed and he's because of, and he's probably like yeah he looks much bigger than me and it's true i do look bigger than him yeah but it's like i don't look at him and i don't go yeah, it's scrawny, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just like people that look better than me probably don't look at me and go, huh, hey, fatty, you know yeah, what I mean? Well, yeah. maybe they do, but I would like to think that they don't. <laughs> it's just a weird, it's a weird, I feel like the mind just fucking kills itself. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it is very weird. But if it didn't, Definitely. then no one would do anything. Right. If you didn't compare yourself to anyone else, what would drive you to do anything? Hmm. I mean, it's definitely finding a fine line between like having confidence within yourself when you compare yourself to another person so that you can you can gain a benefit Mm -hmm. from that comparison rather than it just being deprecating yeah where like someone who in someone else's eyes could be like seemingly threatening because of their success you could take that and just like take it as another drive or like take it as inspiration to do something else so it's weird though in problem areas Mm -hmm. so i have my distinct i have areas by myself that i'm not confident about yeah then i have areas by myself that i want to work on like i'm fine with my legs but i want to work on my legs i want them to be bigger i want them to be strong just like you said yeah i want my arms to be more toned yeah but I'm not insecure about my legs. Yeah. I don't. I look at other dudes' legs and go, "Damn, that dude has great hamstring." Yeah, I look at that and go, "Wow, that's. I want that. I would definitely take his legs." But I don't look at a dude's stomach or chest and go, "I want his stomach. I want his chest." Yeah. I just go, "My fucking chest sucks, or mm. my stomach sucks." You know, mm. I, it's weird. It's like mm. it's not. It's a comparison that way. It's not yeah. a drive. It's yeah. not a, a, a motivator for me. Definitely. It's a. It's a yeah, it's a negative comparison. Yeah. Where do you, what do you think has to shift or where do you think that shift can happen or can start to be motivating? <laughs> I have no idea. I think it has to just start. I have to see some progress in the areas that I hate that's driven by myself to know that I'm starting change. Mm. And that is enough drive for me. 
Just to know that, like, I am capable of doing that. I did do it. No one did it but me, and it was driven by me, myself only. No one put in the work. Mm. No one suffered, and you know, and no one has dealt with the repercussions as long as I have. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. I'm sure you you feel similar. Like, if you started putting in work and you finally. I don't know if you want abs or if you want something like that or oblique, whatever. Yeah. If you finally got there, if you want like a quad definition, mm-hmm. if you finally started to get something, that's enough. In my eyes, mm-hmm. that's like enough to be like, it's there. It can actually happen and mm-hmm. I can actually do it. Mm-hmm. Not like what I feel like right now, which is, I don't really eat very much. I exercise five times a week. It's just, I don't move enough. Like I just don't move, like I sit for work. I sit for hobby. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my body just knows where it says I'm in my body knows homeostasis. So it's not like I can eat less yeah. working out as much as I do. I just have to change it up. But everyone's like, oh, your car is going to slow your game, which it does. I don't want to look like Lance Armstrong or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> what would you need? Is it not something like that? Because it, it seems like. I feel like yours is like push and pull for emotional and physical mm-hmm. struggle. Yeah. So, but you, yours was open wounds, mm-hmm. which is definitely not something you're like, I'm going to work on that. You can't really work on that. That just is time, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, it's all encompassing. It's definitely time, but it's also, um, it's, it's rewiring talk to myself also like changing the verbiage is huge like we were talking about that's that's massive when it comes to patching up wounds it's it's your response to triggers how you respond to them how much they take over you and your self-talk about said trigger is massive because if I open myself up to the possibility of wanting to heal a wound, naturally the universe is going to present itself with a similar situation or a trigger to said wound to see how I'll respond to it. If I'm open to that idea. Right. It's like almost like a confirmation bias that you're going to start seeing it everywhere. Yes. Yeah. So if you're open to receiving that, then how are you going to respond to it this time if you're ready to start healing it? Because so it's both pretty much because it, I I have to actively be like recognizing what it is that I'm that I'm saying to myself and how I respond to things. If that makes sense. Do you feel like it's always what you say to yourself that is the the main catalyst for the negative effect or do you feel like hey that you know your ex was just a dick you know like he said that you are unlovable or mm-hmm. shouldn't be loved you know something like that that's just something that or is it more so that you actually believed it you know what i mean like is it or, or is it a combination of both because if someone says to me you're unlovable you shouldn't be loved i'm just like i just know that's not true yeah but it sounds like in your case it was so such like a long methodical build up to that that yeah. you, in the end you were like it is true like, yeah I, only by you can i be loved yes by your grace you uh-huh. yes like, thank god you fucking love me exactly know? exactly so that's hard how do you how do you pick up triggers when it's so so slow you know I mean? mm-hmm. that's that's a hard thing to do definitely but i mean it's it's such a a daily practice Again, I just keep coming back to the phrase, but the word acceptance, where you know that it's going to take time. Similarly to, like, you know, for you to reach the physique that you will feel confident in, it's going to take time and it's going to take effort and it's going to take a daily practice. But when you see that validation for yourself, like those check marks and those milestones that you hit, that's the validation that you need to know that you're coming a long way. It's crazy how like in the long run, it's like, so 10,000 foot view, it's so easy. 
Mm -hmm. I got to just wait for it to happen, find the trigger, find the response. Mm -hmm. And same with me. I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is. Right now, all I want is like a big bowl of YCs. Like yeah. I want a ton of food right now. Yeah. I've probably burned like 800 calories like today just sitting down. I've barely yeah. moved. So it's like, will I probably eat more than 100 calories? Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to go to the gym today. It's a rest day. So yeah. this is like, if I really want it, step one, don't eat that shit. Just mm -hmm. go do something else or go eat something small. I started to take a something called fentamine, mm -hmm. which is it's in the same family as Adderall, but it's uh, and it's but it suppresses appetite like crazy. Like mm -hmm. you're, you really are just on meth. I can't believe that's the equivalent that's prescribed. But yeah, um, I was eating nothing like all day. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know what it did to my brain. I don't know exactly. I think one of the side effects could be like a despondent or disconnected feeling maybe mm -hmm. um, who knows but there was it made me feel for a very brief moment i was doing the dishes and it made me feel like what's the point of like all of this like when i'm done with the dishes what am i even going to do i have no reason to do anything right now mm -hmm. i'm just doing all this to what what means to an end and i was like did I just like lose value of life right there? Whoa. It was very weird. And I was like, I'm not taking that. I've never had thoughts like that before. Yeah. And it was very weird. I don't know if it was like, uh, I don't know, mm. a chemical imbalance or something that it brought on. But I was like, that is just not worth losing weight for. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, done yeah. with the meth. I'm good. So <laughs> I, uh, I bounced out of there. But, yeah. Well. I'm very proud of you for doing that because that's that's obviously not worth what would have been I feel like a lot of mental stress yeah it was it was such a dreadful feeling mm -hmm. that it was like if you sit with it every day or if you have to wrestle to find in that moment I had to like find a reset switch because it wasn't just like a fleeting thought it yeah. was like a Oh yeah, no, it's not going away. Like I'm on this medication, it's not just gonna flush its the chemicals out of my brain mm -hmm. because I'm not thinking about it anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I lost that power of myself, mm. and that was probably scarier. That was like I lost. I had a thought of lack of meaning mm -hmm. in life mm -hmm. for a living, mm -hmm. and my normal trick up my sleeve of this of my own brain being able to overpower it is just like no power here you yeah know? like it just went away and that yeah. people struggle with that organically yes all the time yeah and that is just that's a scary thing yeah you know? and that's um, definitely what depression feels like have you been depressed before mm -hmm. like yeah that's a terrifying thing. yeah yeah so it feels like at, at that point if, if i ever i mean i speak with my brother all the time i really have to watch what i say because mm -hmm. i feel like I feel like to a depressed person, someone who's depressed, anything can just sound so like, just like, shut up, just shut up. Like, you don't know anything of what I'm going through. Everything sounds super run of the mill. All these suggestions of like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Blah, blah, blah. Of course I have. Mm -hmm. I'm living with it. You know, mm -hmm. that's why I try to really watch what I say with him because mm -hmm. you don't want to feel like you're not trying hard enough on top of it. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, listen to a sane person. Give you a suggestion. Hey, what have you been worried about, about talking with him? Is it talking about the depression specifically or just like trying to come up with, like you said, like all these different options of like ways to make it better where it could maybe be like too overwhelming? Um, I'm worried that he will become overwhelmed to the point that he has passed the threshold of letting me know. Mm. That's what I'm scared of. Okay. Because usually he gets pretty overwhelmed. He's good at, he's verbal, talk about it. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, <clears throat> I can see it on his face immediately when he, something triggers him mm -hmm. and he goes into like that spot of like, I'm not a human anymore. I'm mm -hmm. just an autopilot. Don't mm -hmm. take, you know, pleasure in anything. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Uh, like, light leave his eyes a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but usually after like, a day of simmering in that in his room when he gets the moment to be alone with me, he'll, he'll talk to me about it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm afraid that there's going to be a moment where I'm not there mm -hmm. for that, where I'm 
here but not available yeah. because I'm with somebody or yeah. something and then he feels truly alone. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm afraid of. Definitely. Yeah. I know, and we talked about that too because that was definitely one of the biggest things that I had to come to terms with with my friend passing was that I was there for him in every way that I could be and it still wasn't my choice obviously I didn't make the choice that he did and I I know that I did everything that I could have and also that nothing I would have done would have made a difference as morbid as that sounds was he speaking of it of, of taking his life or anything like that or did um, he just decide he, not with me, at least, but he had mentioned it to his therapist, um, like fleeting and passing two months prior and, um, came to find out that he actually had also said other things while he was growing up too, that were pretty similar, just like, kind of like ideations yeah. about it. Um, so for me, I was blindsided because I, I knew that he had dealt with it, but I didn't know how serious it was specifically. Um, but I, I knew that he struggled with depression and anxiety really bad. I just didn't know the severity of it, I guess. Um, but yeah, so he didn't, he didn't openly talk about it, but we had a connection where I knew he, he would come to me if, if he needed to. Um, and I know that, that like energetically I gave all that I could have for our friendship and he knew that I was always there for him and I can't obviously own anything that happened because yeah. then also that hinders my growth or not even my growth, but just like my sanity because I could easily go down the train of what ifs of you know what what could I have done better or you know I wish I was there and whatnot but you know who knows who knows what would have happened yeah it's a, it's a scary thing because like I don't um I don't know the way <clears throat> to approach it other than like how you seem to approach it just being there in every way because mm -hmm. He's not going to therapy. He's not on medication. I don't know if your friend was on medication, but he mm. seemed to be going to therapy. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like that's real. Like the only way, the only real, <clears throat> like widespread method to doing anything about mm -hmm. it is medication and therapy. Mm -hmm. But he isn't pursuing either of them, mm -hmm. so I don't want to be like. She's been on medication. He's been been on it once before, and it mm. made him feel like completely numb. Which mm. he chose to he chose depression and anxiety over feeling numb. So I can't imagine how bad that felt. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't want to like push him to be on anything, but mm. I don't want him to just. You know, he's he he told me he's like I feel like I'm not a human. I feel like I'm not even living a life for myself. I'm living for my family and living for my animals, and that's it. I'm just mm. waiting for. I don't even. I feel like I don't even have a name. Like I just am just living until it's over, and mm. it's like it, that. Just it terrifies me. Because mm -hmm. <clears throat> how do you? What do you do from there if someone isn't? It's not like people who are depressed are really like willing and uh, proactively to seek help. Mm -hmm. But I've told them I'm like, if it's like a money thing and. It doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. and I will like get a list of every therapist within 50 miles, and I'll take you, I'll go, and I'll wait in the parking lot with you for, you know, as long as you need me to, or as many sessions as you need to, mm -hmm. if you need all the medications, I have a whole list of that, because I know that he won't do it, mm -hmm. um, or even getting him microdoses of, like, mushrooms or something, because, like, that just terrifies me, Yeah, the whole thing. That is truly like my biggest fear mm -hmm. by far is, is pretty much feeling what you felt is like I can be there for as much as I want, but it's like 
in the end, it's not up to me. And yeah. that is so scary. Yeah. So scary. Yeah. But I mean, it, and, and that's the reason that these conversations need to happen more is because it needs to be talked about and understood that so many people go through it and that there are so many resources out there. Yeah. And it also takes good support system and uh, like other people who are willing to help and bring you, bring you back to yourself, if you will, yeah. that can ground you that are going to make the difference because all like, Yes, healing itself is completed alone, individually, but it is always started and supported from other people and other resources. And that's exactly the purpose of, of trying to heal, is having a good support system. So, like, he, your brother is so lucky to have you because you are such an amazing support system for him by also not just not just being a brother and being there but offering those other things offering those resources to him and recognizing that there are thousands of resources to get help and I will be your helping hand in that because having that support and then knowing it's there then it gets turned into their hands where, okay, when the time is right for them and they're called to it and they know that they need to go to therapy or they need to seek this resource, they will. Yeah. Cause that was the same for me. Like I, I technically should have started therapy four years prior to when I did for how shitty I felt, but I didn't because I felt really alone and I felt like my, like I just took a burden yeah but I hated reaching out to other people and the thought of talking to a therapist at the time didn't seem comforting like it would make a difference or that I'd gain anything from it but it took really wonderful support from friends and them eventually sitting me down and being like look you need to go but at that moment it was you that that looked up therapists and yourself is like because I feel like if it, if it really I feel like the decision to go to therapy isn't hinging on the fact that he wants other people to care. Mm. I don't think that's what it is. I think everyone shows him that they want, they truly value him. Oh, it's course. just that he doesn't value himself. Yes. That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And th that's, and that's what I mean by it takes that supportive, positive group of people that surround, that surround you with love that bring you to that space within yourself to like gain confidence to want to go and make a change and like be motivated to at least try it because I, I knew I had so many supportive people. I knew I had so many people who loved me. My family like cried with me because they knew I was sad and they wanted me to get better and they wanted to see me get better. But I, just couldn't and so like I felt broken because like kind of like how we're talking about like being a burden like you just feel you just feel broken yeah you know and so but consistently having somebody there for you that is actively providing you with resources or just the idea of these resources being helpful and it's worth a try made a substantial difference i hope so i hope i hope my so my, my main issue is that because he sees that like if he has some that triggers his anxiety to trigger into like a spiral of depression mm -hmm. like if we're gonna well, he's supposed to come to the halloween party yeah yeah that freaked him out and i'm like it triggered into like a, i'm gonna stay home i'm home because i freaked out and I freaked out because I'm awkward in the situation. Now mm. I have no friends. I'm home alone on a Saturday, and I just can't be in public. And it just mm. it spirals. Mm. Mm. So what I'm afraid of is that, like, me reaching out to him and saying, "Hey, let me help you," makes him feel like, "Oh shit, other people are noticing that I'm this, mm. and now I'm a burden." Mm. Now other people feel like they need to help me because I can't do it myself, mm. and this and that. And yeah. It, 
And I know it is because it's an illness. Like it makes him view himself in ways that he is truly not. Yeah. You know, because if he if it wasn't, he wouldn't view he would just say like, No, I'm just I'm good, I'm just gonna stay home. You yeah. Know, and that's it. Yeah. You wouldn't think about it. But mm-hmm. he it it's takes a it takes control of his whole thought process and then yeah. he hates himself. Yeah. <clears throat> not yeah. want to hate himself for mm-hmm. for you know receiving help. Absolutely. I think it's perceiving that conversation exactly like how you said, like, look, I see all these amazing strengths that I see in you. You may not see them in yourself, but I see them in you as your brother who's been around your whole life. That's different also than just like a friend or, you know, someone you've known for only two years. You have a lot more ground to to cover and to have validation of towards. So prefacing a conversation in a way where, you validate all the things that you know is true within them. And then within this, this is why I'm providing these resources for you. Not because like I'm feeding into that anxiety. Like, I don't think you're broken, you know, by giving you these resources. I don't think you're a burden by giving you these resources by any means, but I, I want you I want you to find, I mean, similar, like how you asked me what my, what says my soul on fire. I want you to see everything that is love and light in you that I see. I want you to find that within yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, we've, we had that conversation at least one time in recent memory. It was a, a long one, but it was like, I, I keep trying to separate him as a person from the illness that is controlling his thoughts toward himself. Mm. So I am, I, I, what I had been reading is that it, it was like, it's important to not discount the way people are perceiving themselves when they're in those episodes as crazy. Like if he's saying, I'm such a piece of shit, I'm this, I'm that, you can't just be like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You don't think no, that's not true. I don't, I don't think so, because mm. then they think like that doesn't really help. It gives no ground. It's yeah. like it's more so like we, a lot of our conversations are. Why do you, you know, why do you feel that mm-hmm. way? What is it that that is causing this? What is it that trigger? Do you really think that this is that or whatever? And then mm-hmm. it really comes down to like it's so unfortunate that with all that you have, it's not so much that someone would look at you and say, you have a great job, you have an adorable dog, you have a great house, you have great friends, and say, hey, that guy, does, you know, he should be happy. Why isn't he happy? Mm. But from birth, you were just robbed of happiness just because of your brain, and you deserve that. Everyone deserves happiness, and mm. it's so unfortunate that you don't have it. Yeah. And all of that is stemming on that. All of your, your whole foundation is fucked up, mm. and if you can't build a solid house if you don't have that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like your whole, you have all these great things. You truly do. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't entitle you to a solid foundation. Yeah. Everything's fucked up. You have to start from the bottom. And mm-hmm. then you can really can derive all that enjoyment from life, which is what you're living. You're living it great. You're doing so well. Everything you're doing is so great. Mm-hmm. But you can't see it because it's fucked up from the start. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's no one's fault. Mm-hmm. It's just a shitty hand. Mm-hmm. But it's like to get him to to do it is a different story. Yeah. I just hope that what I'm saying to him in those moments, it's not like provoking anything or making him feel like, cause he'll, he'll go through episodes and be like, I spent the last two hours on mental illness sites, just self-diagnosing myself. And I have like 50 different illnesses or whatever. And mm-hmm. I hope that what I say doesn't like actualize any of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, dude, do that yeah <laughs> don't do that yeah i came home and all the blinds are closed and he's laying in bed and i was like open these blinds man you need sunlight open these blinds come out of bed i'm making yeah. food come on like, yeah just go mm-hmm. you have to be happy but just move move yeah me. like just come on mm-hmm. and i just don't want him to think that like i'm irritated i'm just i'm like i'm bummed for you yeah i'm bummed that you're bummed because mm-hmm. i want you to be happy yeah definitely it's so shitty it is but it's and by doing that you're also 
you're showing that like look i'm meeting you where you are and you're valid in what you're feeling so you're not discrediting yeah. discrediting it in any way but you're recognizing where they are i i validate you and how you're feeling but let's co like cohesively work yeah, together make it true yeah just because it's it's a true thought what yeah. you're having is that you actually have that thought that's right yes that doesn't make it true no when elephants fly that doesn't make it a real thing it's yeah. like it's not everything you think is true exactly absolutely it's, like, it's frustrating mm -hmm. it's more frustrating for him but yeah it's frustrating for different reasons definitely but i feel you absolutely create that space like you guys have that relationship it's gotten a lot better mm -hmm. for sure not that it was ever bad or internal mm -hmm. but we didn't live together for a lot a long time before it was like our first year of college and then yeah. four years apart like the rest of my college mm -hmm. and then just this past seven months yeah you know? and then it's like we've gotten like so much closer mm -hmm. and i'm so glad for it because my mom he lived with my mom and my mom would call me and she'd be like hey it's just not there he's having bad days all the time or whatever and i'll go over there and he'd be fine mm -hmm. that's what everyone says yeah they seem so happy right so it's like now i finally get the insight every mm -hmm. day yeah yeah and i feel like he doesn't need my mom around there mm -hmm. <clears throat> it was a fucking she is just something else <laughs> <laughs> she's like weirdly positive mm -hmm. but like a, not a yeah like a, way. like a toxic way yeah like yeah. a toxic yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like, and then my dad is like chaotic positive. Like, oh my god, you have no help your whole life. Oh man. Oh man. Well then he's he's very lucky to have you. I'm happy I, I have the opportunity to yeah. I feel like he hasn't been in the best situation before. But he's yeah. in the best part of his life right now. It's good. So now that everything else is aligned, mm. now maybe this is the best time to work on it. Yes. And I feel like having your mom or your dad try to help you with those issues mm -hmm. is a lot harder to open up than with a peer. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the yeah. connection with your mom or your dad will never be the same as your sibling. For sure. So Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it took one of my best friends to sit down and say it, even though my family knew. Yeah. But they, like, I didn't take anything from it. You know, yeah, it's it like is so different. You're beautiful. Thanks, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's so important. And yeah, I think you're right. I think with everything else, like considering everything else, he's definitely in a space to receive where prefacing it in a way that you're valid in everything you are feeling. And I'm also not discrediting anything that you're feeling, but here are some resources that we can collectively look through together yeah. to to work towards i need to i need to to make that list but it's almost like uh it, the same idea that i have like oh i don't want to fuck it up it's a good day you know what i mean like mm -hmm. oh, that? but yeah tell me one day it's like my days are like 50 to 50. Mm -hmm. like some days are good some days are bad some days it's like hourly some days i have bad hours yeah you know I mean? so yeah it's like totally I just want to catch him in the good one and be like, by the way, I remember your mental illness. <laughs> so I don't want to do that. So. Yeah, yeah. But also, I don't want to come in and be like, oh, you're having a breakdown? Oh, let me go look at the list. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. when's the time? There's never going to be a great time. No. It's, it's. Maybe it's like a set it and forget it. Like, yeah. This is, I made this for yes. you. Whenever you're ready, let's talk about these options. Yeah. You let me know. I'm not going to shove you to do anything. Yeah. And that's the best thing that you can do for someone in that space at least again this is me speaking just from only personal experience is all i can speak from because i had someone do the same thing to me where it was definitely not an opportune time in the grand scheme of things where yeah. i wanted to hear it by any means no exactly it's like it makes you feel like you're bleeding in everyone else's thoughts it's yes like, oh shit, i'm affecting a bunch of other people and yeah what's fucking me up exactly and so again that ties to there's never a right time but the conversation has to start always yeah like it has to start here it has to start now and as long as you're supported in that then that's 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 what's going to be the caveat to actually yeah. make a difference yeah. and 
jolt you forward to want to start working on yourself. Yeah. We obviously have hit a lot of different topics, yeah. which is great. And I love, that's what I love about this. But so in this next year, what's one way that you can hold space for yourself on your own healing journey, which I know a lot of yours is stemmed specifically around like physical, arguably also tied to a lot of mental things. So, you know, rewording negative self-talk, all that jazz. How can you hold space for yourself within this next year to help you gain your self-confidence? And two, in this next year, how can you hold space for your brother who's in a space that you haven't personally experienced, but have definitely witnessed for quite some time. Well, my brother is like, I need to make it as clear as possible that there is nothing that he can ever do that will ever be a burden on me in any way. Time, money, anything, words, even, like there's, yeah. There's nothing. He can lay anything on me and I'll always be there. So I need to let, I hope he knows that. And I hope, and I, and I've told him that before. And I want, I wish there was a way to get like a mental connection to know if that is actually absorbed and affirmed mm-hmm. rather than just like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, take it, absorb it, and take action on it. So I know. I want you to come to me and ask me for a thousand dollars. So I know, you know what I mean? Like I want you to be comfortable with that. Yeah. Or say, Hey, I found a therapist. I can't pay for treatment. Ask me, do it. Yeah. You know, like that. I Mm. want that. Mm. Um, Cause that way I'll feel like, okay, I'm actually, I'm, he, I'm, he knows I'm here for him and he knows that I, if he needs me, I'm here. And that is a very important piece because I feel like he feels he has nobody. Mm. Like, he feels, even though he does, even though, like, my dad would do the same thing, my mom would too, he feels like his PTSD is telling him no one wants to hear your problems. No one can empathize with them. Mm. No one understands. No one does. Even though I don't know them, mm-hmm. I will still do to the best of my ability to do anything and to understand, which I don't think my parents did very well. Mm-hmm and have the patience because they're pretty they're very frequent mm-hmm. but i'll i will do that to the best of my ability so i that is what i will work on mm-hmm. conveying to mm-hmm. the best of my ability for mm-hmm. sure um and myself i think this is gonna be interesting mm-hmm. not what you think um i think it's i'm not going to um I'm going to derive self-worth from not letting anyone control me into a relationship. Like I said, like with my ex, she grabbed my face. She kissed me. Ten months later, I asked her to be my girlfriend, even though we already were. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that wasn't up to me. Mm -hmm. She's just like, oh, we kissed. And then we're talking every day. And then I'm coming over for dinner. And then then I'm like, well, we're not exclusive. So I guess I could do something else, but she would kill me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I guess we are exclusive, but I had to ask her. So, Mm -hmm. but she did it you know mm-hmm. she like strong handed me into mm-hmm. it so it's important for me now to like set my boundaries with people that i'm talking to it's like you could have texted me three hours ago four hours ago snap me on instagram i don't have to answer you i can leave you on read i don't give a shit mm-hmm. you know what I mean? like i have that power because guess what that's it mm-hmm. the only person that's probably is myself yeah exactly so that is important mm-hmm. to like know that and I need to, if I ever do enter a relationship with a person that I've treated that way with like setting those boundaries to not waver on them while still being respectful in the sense of like, yeah, you texted me two hours ago, but guess what? I'm working. Mm-hmm. Like I saw your text. Of course I did. I don't mm-hmm. have to drop everything and text you. Yeah. Sorry, snap. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I can come home and I can just go you know, straight to the gym or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can eat without you. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like we're all adults here. So yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, that 
because without that, I'm not happy. I need to be like my own person. Yeah. That I need to draw boundaries. That's what's important to me now. Mm-hmm. It's like recognizing to myself and to not lose that now that I'm single. Yeah. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, well, regarding relationships, definitely boundaries are huge um, for me because it's like me setting proper boundaries so that I don't get triggered in a way that's I want to say unhealthy mm-hmm. where obviously like like I said things will come up I'll get triggered it's just how I respond to them is is what's going to make the difference but being able to set safe boundaries where I'm still able to be my own person and be my own individual and not have anyone else control me similar to you are those communicative like would you tell the person where your boundary is or would you set those boundaries by reacting a certain way um well, I guess it kind of depends on what it is. Because for me personally, like, if it comes to texting or responding to somebody, take it as you will, because I got shit to do. So if I don't respond in three hours, it's most likely not because of whatever you said. You know, it's it's because I'm living my own life and busy. But if it comes to anything else with, like, hey, maybe let's not hang out every single freaking day because I need my own space. Like, I will say that, you know, like I'll make it known what my boundaries are in that sense. But yeah, so it's definitely creating boundaries. Um, But also just continuing to to reword my, my inner dialogue and just be kind to myself because I have a lot of reasons to to be, to be <laughs> yeah, and to yeah. and to continue that for my own sake and my own healing and cut myself some slack also yeah. for sure. I wonder how it'd be if everyone was like that. Just meet ourselves where we are, so we can continue growing. That's a saying, right? Mm-hmm. Meet yourself where you are. Yep. Very powerful mantra that I've adopted over the last year. <laughs> I feel like that's a tattoo. For sure. Society absolutely feeds this fire, there's no doubt about that, but we most of all have this extreme pressure within ourselves to be this perfect person all the time, and with our negative self-talk it just beats ourselves down. It is absolutely no cliche that there is nothing that is even close to perfect. These spirits, these bodies, these minds are so individualistically beautiful they need to be celebrated for yourself and for others. And that is how we can show true compassion. If we turn that lens within ourselves to find compassion and beauty within ourselves, then we can actively meet not only ourselves, but others where they are so we can all heal together. Ask yourself right now, where can you meet yourself where you are tomorrow? And how can you best show up for others so that you can meet them where they are? Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs>